Welcome to the Beyond the Box War podcast. This is your host, David Kaplan. In this episode, I interview Coach Tom Tankelwitz. Coach Tankelwitz is currently the Director of Basketball Operations at UNC Greensboro. Awesome. Coach, how's it going? Hey, David. What's going on with you, man? Everything's good my way. Hey, uh, another day COVID-free, so... <laughs> That's a good thing. Hey, that's a blessing, man. Things like it seems like this thing's getting worse and worse. Hopefully, we can stop this spread eventually. I feel like the coaching's getting better and better though with all these webinars and clinics. So, yeah, man, just trying to take advantage of all that stuff. Uh, obviously, there's been an immense amount of information that people are sharing. I think that's been one of the positives of this is uh, people have more time on their hands, so they're able to share a little bit more information about their program or how they operate than they normally would just because of the time constraints that you you have on a day-to-day basis in a normal year. So I I think that's been pretty good. I've been able to learn quite a bit from a lot of different people. That's been a blessing. That's awesome. Coach, go ahead and give yourself a uh, brief introduction to the listeners. Yep. So I'm I'm Tom Tankowitz. I'm director of operations at UNC Greensboro. Uh, this year will be my fifth year on staff. Uh, before this, I was a GA for two years with Coach Miller. Uh, then I ended up being director of like, player development. And this will be my second year in operations. Uh, played at Western Carolina University for the late Larry Hunter. Had an unbelievable experience. Played overseas for a year and ended up coaching AAU. Got hooked up with Coach Miller through that. And I've been here ever since and been super fortunate to end up working for a great boss, uh, a great administration that really values basketball. So uh, I've been blessed in that way. That's awesome, Coach. Uh, Is it true your first word was really ball? And did your parents think that foreshadowed that you'd be an athlete? Man, I don't know how you found that. That, That's that's some uh, deep digging on your part. Uh, from everything I've been told, that was my first word. And just like, just like a lot of uh, young kids that love sports, I, was, I always had a baseball, football, basketball, hockey stick in my hand, whatever it was, I wanted to compete and play. And my parents allowed me to do that from a young age. I'm, I was playing like regularly baseball, basketball at the age of four and played every single sport you could possibly imagine growing up. And – that, that was so much fun, man. There was nothing else I'd rather be doing than competing against my friends or competing in the league. That, that was the best. But I do think ball was my first word to answer your question. <laughs> Coach, talk about life growing up when you uh, fell in love with the game of basketball and uh, you know, just what your recruitment was like in high school. Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Philadelphia. Lived there for eight years. My father got a job in Raleigh, so we, we moved down here just outside of the suburbs of Raleigh, Apex, North Carolina. And from there, I was, I was just like I said, I was playing every single sport in Philadelphia, hockey, football, baseball, basketball. And up there, I wouldn't say basketball is king. It, it was football for me. That, that was my, my love as a young kid because my dad had played in high school. He's a successful football player. Uh, at the high school level, so he ingrained that love for the game for me. Uh, but then when I moved down to North Carolina, dang, it's got it's the hoop state for a reason, right, Dave? So yeah. 
I, I just absolutely fell in love with the game uh, about fifth grade and always wanted to play, compete, whatever it was, one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three. I was always trying to find a game, and I was one of those strange kids that was always walking around dribbling and, and trying to get people to play against me or shoot against me, play horse, whatever it may be. And that, that, that's how I kind of developed that love for the game and the love for competition. Um, and at the same time, my father was coaching me in basketball. And the, the really cool thing about it is he doesn't have a background in basketball at all. Like I said, he was a football guy, and he spent a ton of time studying the game, as crazy as that sounds, to coach rec league, to coach rec league all-stars, to coach AAU. He, he spent a ton, a ton of time reading books, watching tape of it, and he really educated himself on the game to where now I can have legitimate basketball conversations with him about strategy and, and tactics. Um, and he, him just being there every development was really dang cool for me. And from there, I continue to play, grow as a player, uh, really just trying to play against grown men at the park every day was the reason that I continue to grow and get better. But I would say my sophomore year, I was just like a spot up shooter. Couldn't really put the ball on the deck very much or anything like that. And then all of a sudden as a junior, I, I go to Middle Creek High School, I'm playing varsity and my athleticism just kind of finally catches up with my, my skill level and my shooting. And I started to pick up some Division three, Division two interest. And then that summer was my first summer playing for Garner Road um, with, with Dwayne West, Donald Williams. Those were some of my coaches there and had a really great, fun summer playing for a good team, traveling all, all up and down the East Coast and had a, was fortunate enough to have a couple Division I offers from Charleston Southern and Coastal Carolina. Ended up going to Charleston Southern after my senior year. What, what made you choose uh, Chuck South out of high school? Well, it, funny enough, uh, Bob Ritchie was an assistant coach at that time. He may have been 23 or 24 at the most. He couldn't have been any older. Uh, he's obviously now the head coach at Furman. Unbelievable coach. Really hard scout to, to prepare for. And his energy, enthusiasm, and his view of my game really sold me on Charleston Southern. So I take the visit. I ride around campus with Coach Richie. I meet the players. And uh, I, I was sold on that just because of the vision that he had for me as a player. Okay. And during your freshman year, you play in 20 games. You average five and a half points. Talk about playing with one of the best players in uh, Charleston Southern history and Jamarcio, what, is it Warren? Yeah. So Jamarco and I played together for a year. He, he was terrific. Just somebody that could hang 40 on you at any, any, any point in time. I think he's ended up being – top 10 all time in big South history and scoring. Yeah. But um, they, we had a ton of athletes on our roster. It was so much fun just competing every single day. We had some guys that enjoyed basketball. So that was great. But Jamarco was one of those guys that, like I said, he could light you up, but he could also get in the lane and then, and then make the right play. He ended up having a pretty good career. I believe he played in Poland. Okay. 
Who else was on the coaching staff back then? It was Peter Ball, still the head coach there. Bob Ritchie was an assistant. Will Jones, J.D. Powell. Then the ops guy was Byron Winfrey. Okay. So, you know, you decided to transfer. Uh, you know, what schools did you consider? Obviously, you go to Western Carolina, but, you know, talk about the process deciding to transfer and then, you know, what schools you looked at. Yeah, well, to be quite honest with you, I, w- I was a knucklehead my freshman year, and I would have rather been in the gym than any class on campus. So there were a lot of classes that I didn't go to as a freshman. I didn't care much for school. You know, the first time that you, you have a little bit of freedom in your life. And I prioritized basketball over that. So when I transferred Charleston Southern, I didn't have a, a great GPA. So I had to take some classes going into my second year of college at a community college in order to have the adequate GPA to get into a Division One institution. But um, prior to that, I just had a handful of Division One schools in the southeast, Stetson, Eastern Kentucky. Uh, shoot, it's been so long, I don't even remember who else, but eventually ended up at Western Carolina playing for, for Larry Hunter, Andre Gray. Andre Gray is the reason that I ended up there for the most part. Him and Trey Sumler, who was a great, great point guard at Western, we ended up playing on the All-State team together in high school. We developed a, a deep relationship. Uh, we still talk to this day. And he, he was the one that kind of sold me, like, hey, man, we need some shooting on our roster. Bring your tail up here. That type of thing. So that's how I ended up at Western. Okay. Um, you know, so you sit out the 2010-2011 season. Do you feel that year in residency helped you on and off the court? Uh, off the court, most certainly. I think I ended up close to a 4.0 GPA once I transferred, just because, you, you, you know, you get slapped in the face a little bit as a freshman in college. So many things happening. I didn't prioritize academically, as I said. So um, I, I mindset in the classroom where I actually valued my education and not just try to get through the work. Uh, so that, that helped me so, so much. And I had some great assistant coaches on the staff, uh, Andre Gray, Brigham Wagoner, Eric Wilson, that really uh, pushed me academically and they wanted me to do well. So that made it a little bit easier. Um, on the court, I, I thought it helped my skill set quite a bit. I had to play uh, point guard on scout team every day, get defended by guys like Mike Williams, Trey Sumler, and I was able to develop a more total skill set playing against that type of talent every day. They challenged me. And so for, for sure it helped me both on and off the floor. Okay. Would you say, again, not to put you on the spot, are you in favor of the sit out as far as transferring or where do you, where do you uh, land on that? Man, it's, I, I, I somewhat favor with the student athlete in the okay. sense that it, they, they should be treated as a, as a regular student. If you leave somewhere, you, you should be able to be eligible at another school right away. That's kind of how I feel about it. And then obviously that brings some other things into it. And pe- people's argument is always, Hey, it's, it, it may turn into free agency, like, like at the NBA level. But again, I think I have to just side with like the, the human perspective on it where, Hey man, we're, we're all human beings. We all have a, a right to do what we want to do, go to school where we want to go. 
and that's how I feel about it. You should be able to you should be able to play, go wherever you want, that type of thing. Okay, that makes sense. You know, during your career at Western, you know, you set records. You become one of the top outside shooters in the program's history, including you set the single season record for most threes in a game. You went ten of eighteen. How did that feel? <laughs> you know, it's it, it, funny enough. It happened against Charleston Southern, which yep. was the the, the the school that I came from. Um, but they ended up playing a zone all night, and so while we're watching the scout tape on it. I'm like, dang, man, I'm about, to, I'm about to light this thing up. So, you know, I had zero points the game before. I think it was a, a, one of the few times in my college career where I actually recorded a bagel. So, I, I came in with a little bit of extra motivation and uh, just said, screw it, man, I'm going to let that thing fly. So, that, that's how that ended up ended up happening. But it, it, it was great, man. Uh, we ended up getting the win. I think we had over 90 points. We hit – we set the school record for threes in a game as a team as well. I think we finished with 22 threes made that night. My roommate Brandon Boggs hit five, which was his career high. It was just one of those games where our zone offense was flowing. The ball was popping around. We were getting good looks. And then generally that's a good recipe for success. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> so, you know, you earned your bachelor's degree in criminal justice uh, in 2014. Did you ever consider a career in law enforcement? I did. I did. Um, I actually went through the beginning of phases of getting screened and interviewing for a job at the State Bureau of Investigation, the SBI in Raleigh, and uh, really considered it. But I always felt like, hey, there's going to be a part of me that wants to get back to basketball. And that time that I spent interviewing for that job, I started to miss the game like crazy to the point where I couldn't even watch basketball for a few months. The, the season that Villanova Carolina played in the national championship was actually the first college game I watched all year just because it hurt to watch because I knew I wasn't playing or participating in the game in any type of way. But I, I certainly did have aspirations to, to, to be a cr- in criminal justice in some sort of way. Okay. You know, so after your college career, you played one year overseas. Um, in 23 games, you averaged 13 points a game, made 49 threes. Talk about uh, making the Super League team uh, the following year. Yeah, man. So even more than on the court, just having to be a 22-year-old, going to Europe for the first time, living by myself, trying to get acclimated and comfortable in an uncomfortable environment was really good for my growth as just a human being Um, in my overall world perspective, right? You get to see, hey, people don't have it as good as I do. And you you, you see poverty at a a real level. And what I'll say is I saw some ghettos in Kosovo and Albania that are worse than anything I've seen in the United States. And it really put it in perspective to me of, how fortunate I am to be an American. So that, that was that, like, just getting acclimated off the court. And then on the court, it was just a blast. Just, I, I didn't make a whole lot of money playing, but I, I really, really enjoyed my time there uh, playing against teams in Kosovo, Albania, Montenegro. We traveled all over that, that Balkan region playing different teams. 
And it was, it was just a terrific experience and, and not something I would ever trade for the world. To, to be honest with you, it was a, a really cool experience for me. Okay. Who were the other Americans in that uh, division? Oh, shoot. We had, uh, you know, on my team alone, I was the only American to make it all s- throughout the entire season. I was the only one not to get uh, released. Um, and some of the, like Trey, Trey Woodall was my roommate for a while, who's, who's now an assistant at St. Bonaventures, but he was all Big East second team point guard for a really good Pittsburgh team. Uh, we had Jordan, Jordan Hulls was on our rival team in Indiana. Great. Still playing professionally. Um, Chris Smith played for the Knicks for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, who else? Who else? That, that, Spencer Dixon was my teammate for a while. And then I got really fortunate that one of my teammates from college came and played like 14 games with us to Walski King. So that, that, that was really cool to reconnect with him and, you know, kind of, kind of relive the glory days of, of Western Carolina. Just happened to be in Europe. Did you want to continue your playing career or, you know, what brought you back to the U S yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, I had aspira- aspirations to continue to play, but I also wanted to, you know, try to explore different avenues of making money and, and start my professional career, even though at the time it wasn't basketball related. So that's really the reason that I left, but uh, it would have been terrific to continue to play. Between your pro basketball career and being a GA at UNC Greensboro, talk about what you did to put food on the table and, uh, you know, any AAU coaching. Sure. So I had a job selling digital marketing space uh, at NetSert of Coach, you there? Net. But at the same time, you, you have freedom just to, to be yourself. And, uh, and awesome, the office environment myself didn't really uh, mix too well. So, right, Tom, I, Tom, I missed that whole segment you just did. Uh, basically, just answering that whole question. <laughs> okay. You'll be able to cut that out? Yeah. Okay. So you want to re-ask the question, not his role again? Uh, I mean, you can just you can just answer the question honestly. The, uh, this have... is, yeah, ask the question again. Okay, <laughs> no, you're good. So, what do you do during your year between uh, pro basketball and then being a, a graduate assistant at UNC Greensboro? How do you put food on the table? Any AAU coaching or camps you work? Yeah, so I ended up working in selling digital marketing space at a company in Raleigh called NetServe. I did that for about nine months. And I didn't really mix with the office world. There's too many politics and just athlete. you get the ability to work out two, three times a day and hey, you're, you're free the rest of the day. That's like the thing. Um, so I, I didn't really enjoy the, the office side of things. Uh, but right near the end of that nine months, I started to coach my, my youngest brother in AAU for a team in Raleigh called PDS Elite that Marcus Campbell found it and absolutely ninth graders is what I was coaching. Absolutely just fell in love with the process of trying to assemble a team, uh, get them on the same page. And by no means were we great, but 
some of my greatest feelings with basketball came from coaching that team uh, and having the minimal amount of success we had just because of the, the smiles that it put on the kids' faces and the enjoyment that they had when we won a game or when we had a good practice. You, you could really genuinely feel it. And from that point on, I knew, hey, I have to try to get back into basketball some way. I knew at that point, that, that's Tom Tankowitz. I, I got to be associated with ball. Okay. Um, you know, you mentioned that uh, Coach Miller uh, and you kind of met through AAU, uh, you coaching that, and then obviously Coach Gray. I don't know if he was – was he on staff when you were hired as a graduate assistant? No, he was not. This will be his third year. Okay. Uh, but, you know, talk about how you land uh, the position at UNC Greensboro. Yeah, so I'm, I'm coaching coaching AAU. Believe it or not, we're in, we're in Greensboro playing it in the Coliseum for a tournament. Um, and after one of our games, I happened to see a UNCG assistant. Uh, Yo, Tank, what's up? We, we start to talk. It ends up being an hour-long conversation just because he remembered me from my playing days at, at Western. Um, we kept in touch. Throughout that summer, I sent him some names of players that I had seen or coached against that I thought were Division One caliber guys. And um, from there, Coach Miller brought me up for an interview. We got along great. And I, I really aligned with the vision that I thought a college basketball program should operate at. He, UNCG valued basketball. Coach Miller absolutely loves the game. And so I, I just wanted to try to soak everything I could in, in those two years as a graduate assistant. And it ended up being one of the better things I've ever done with my life, just because the amount of the, ed, the education that I received, it was like a math, uh, people say this all the time, but it was like a master's degree in, in, in basketball, try, learning from Coach Miller and his staff, Mike Roberts included in those two years. No, I can only imagine. You know, talk about your role and responsibilities as a graduate assistant. Yeah, so the, the graduate assistant deal at UNCG is, is pretty cool. Uh, my main responsibility was player development. So just being on the court with the guys all day, whether that's in a, in a you know, one-on-one workout sec- uh, setting or small group setting. And then in practice, just like I was my redshirt year at Western Carolina, I, w- I was a scout team point guard for every scout. And that allowed me to, to you know, build relationships with players um, and, and, and see the game differently than our coaching staff. Because, you know, when you're playing and you're on the court with those guys, you feel it differently than when you're watching tape or watching from the sidelines. So one of my main responsibilities is player development, being on the court. And then the second one uh, was video coordinator. So everything from making sure that we were filming it to cutting up uh, scouting reports um, for – Mike Roberts scouts that year. And that, that was my main responsibilities. And that's what I loved about it. It was really like 90% basketball for me. Okay. What did you end up getting your master's in? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. I got it in um, – shoot, Dave, you have to cut this one out. I don't even remember what I got it in. Was it, was it liberal studies? Yeah, it was liberal studies. Cut this portion of the interview out. Okay. Ask, ask the question again. I'll roll with it. Uh, so you graduated with your master's degree. Uh, 
from UNC Greensboro 2018. What was it in and, and how many schools did you reach out to about continuing your coaching career? Yeah, so got my degree in liberal studies from UNCG, which allowed me to take all my courses online and be able to be on the court with those guys uh, day in, day out, rather than having to go sit in a classroom for my master's. So that, that's the reason for uh, choosing the liberal studies degree. Uh, once I graduated, I, you know, I'm just like everybody. I was reaching out to everybody to try to get an uh, ops job, a video coordinator job somewhere, assistant coach spot, had a few options. And I also had an option to come back to UNCG as director of player development. And, you know, Coach Miller made it clear, hey, I, I want you to stay, but if something that you don't think you can turn down comes up, hey, I'll, I'll be your biggest fan and, and cheer you on. So decided to stay with Coach Miller and his staff just because I had such a tremendous belief in what we were doing and what we were building at the time. Okay. Um, you know, you're then – I saw in the in summer 2018 selected to serve as an assistant coach on the USA college all-star team that Larry Brown coached talk about, uh, you know, that experience. Yeah. So obviously, uh, my boss, coach Miller played at Carolina, Larry Brown played at Carolina and Larry just happened to be coaching this team that they were taking to Italy for four exhibition games versus like the B team of the Italian national team. Uh, the Netherlands, so on and so forth. So we played those four games. But I, I just got uh, – again, I was just very fortunate to get hooked up with that uh, because two of our players, James Dickey and Kyron Galloway, were on the tour as well. So Coach Brown just happened to bring me along for that trip. We ended up practicing at Columbia for five days before we headed over to Italy. And I'll tell you what, man, Coach Brown – the way he operates a practice is unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. You know, you hear all the stories about him, but the, the, the crazy stuff that I can remember is we, we go, the guys would go up and down, they're playing, they're playing, they're playing. And he'd stop and be, be like, Hey James, 10 possessions ago, you know, you, you didn't call out your ball screen coverage correctly. You know, we got to get that right. And he just go up and up and down the line just correcting all the mistakes. Like his memory is sharp as a tack, even though he's, he's in his eighties at this, that point. But that, that just allowed me to, you know, experience international basketball in a different way and just be around all these great college players to see their work ethic, how much they valued the game. Uh, it ended up being a, a great experience and something that allowed me to bond with James Dickey and Kyron Galloway in a different way outside of UNCG. That's terrific. Who else was on the staff and, you know, who are some of the notable other players on that roster? Yeah. So it was uh, Jim Todd, who was the head coach of the Clippers for a little bit. Um, Adrian Autry, who's an associate head coach at Syracuse. Yep. And some of the notable players that we had were Evan Batty from Colorado, who's ended up having a, who's having a good career right now. I think he has two years remaining. Uh, Aaron Wheeler and Sasha Stefanovic from Purdue were, were two of the better players. Mike Smith from Columbia averaged almost 25 a game this year. Um, 
it might that might that might be it. Something okay. got oh, Jimmy Jimmy Witt from SMU, Isaiah Todd from SMU, who ended up transferring. Uh, Jimmy Witt ended up transferring to Arkansas, but the, those guys were terrific, terrific, uh, terrific players, and someone that I was able to learn from. Okay, you know, so you're promoted to uh, Dobo upon your your graduation, or what you said, player development, and then Dobo. Correct. Correct. Talk about how your roles and responsibilities changed. Yeah, so going from being on the court every single day to having to sit on the sidelines was a really difficult transition. You know, you're used to being in the thick of things every single day, and now your role changes from being on the court to doing all the behind-the-scenes work. You know, my responsibility still included being the video coordinator, but now at this point, you're managing the budget. Uh, you're making sure the guys have meals. You're help. You're helping with uh, team travel. Uh, all those things kind of fall into your bucket of responsibilities, and it, it goes away from basketball a little bit. But at the same time, I'm obsessed with the game. I'm still going to try to find time within all those areas to to still study. And um, but yeah, it changes it, and you know it's kind of a flawed system with what we have, in my opinion. You know, you get to you get to be a GA, do all those things on the court, and then the the most natural promotion is into those non non coaching staff roles on the Division One level, and you go from getting all that experience coaching every single day to where now you can't do much of that, and it it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but th- those are the NCAA rules. Yeah, it's the one downfall of uh, staying Division One. Agreed, agreed, and I, I respect anybody that a non-support or leave a support staff role and pursue coaching opportunities at at a lower level. I think it's a, um, a great thing to do if you, if you want to do that. Not that I ever understood why people want to skin a cat, but there really is no one way to skin a cat in coaching, obviously. So. No way at all, man. So I know your younger brother's on the team. You know, what's it like having him on the roster? Man, have, having Ryan on the roster, he's nine years younger than me, has, has been fantastic. You know, he's I, – I was away from home for so long that I didn't really get a chance to see him grow up. And now that I get the chance to see him go from a shy kid to a, a young man that's confident in himself and is able to relate to people from all different walks of life has been really cool. Um, but you know, it, it still gives me goosebumps. He, we're up by 15, 20 points in the game. Coach Miller sends him to the table. You see the whole Coliseum stand up. It, it just gets my juices flowing, my, my goosebumps. And I'm, I'm never as nervous as I am when he goes to the table and check in, even if, if it's for just two minutes, you know, that, that's, that's something that's really special and something I'll cherish forever. I'm sure that, uh, if he ever has a turnover or something that you're the first person that uh coach Miller looks at. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Hey, luck- luckily the games I, uh, I saw, he did pretty well, man. He didn't, uh, he didn't hurt you guys out there. Kind of, you know, second, third string quarterback and just, you know, coasted to the victory. No, he, he's a good player, man. He ended up, he, he played for Garner road all the way through uh, the end of his, his high school year, had some opportunities to pl- play it. Uh, lower levels of college basketball, but really wanted to be a part of what we were doing at UNCG. 
And uh, we were just, I, I'm, I'm super happy that he's able to go through this, this journey with me for these next uh, two years. Yeah, if I had been recruiting North Carolina, man, I would have been all over him. He is one heck of a player, especially those lower levels. He'd be a stud. Yeah, he's a, he, he was a very good high school player at Middle Creek. He, ended up, he actually ended up scoring more points than I did in high school. Ended up being one of the top three all-time leading scorers at our high school. So, thankful that he's here with us now. And how often does he let you know that he scored more points than you in high school? Oh, he, he, he wouldn't because I'd bust his tail still in, in shooting or one-on-one. So, he, 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 he knows his place a little bit, David. Okay. <laughs> Next question I was going to ask is who's the better shooter? I got to give it to me. Okay. He, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good shooter, but hey, he, I, don't, I don't think he's touching me quite yet. Maybe by the time he graduates, if he keeps improving. But right now, I, I don't give him a chance. All right, obviously, you're still getting shots up, man. <laughs> got to. You got to find time to get your, get your work in. Exactly. What do you can attribute to the success that uh, you know, UNCG has had uh, not just during your time there, but uh, since Coach Miller took the helm? Yeah, for, first and foremost, I think it starts with our administration and the importance they put on the success of basketball. You know, they, they give us a ton of resources and they want us to be great. And that trickles to the entire athletic department as well as the chancellor's office. All, everybody's involved in our program in some way. And they are, we all have the same vision of playing multiple NCAA tournaments, playing deep into NCAA tournaments. And it, it definitely starts up top with them. Then our players and the players that we bring into our program are guys that have an undying passion for the game of basketball. And we, we tell this to recruits all the time. If you don't love the game, UNCG is probably not the place for you. And we, we stuck to that. And that, that's what we're looking for when we're, we're recruiting high school kids or JUCOs or, or transfers, whatever it may be. The first things first, you have to have that, that love for the game. And that obviously starts with, with Coach Miller bringing the right person, the right staff, uh, the right players. And one thing that we talk about every day, it's like the Carol Dweck book, growth, the growth mindset. We talk about just trying to grow a little bit every single day. And, and that's really the reason that this thing has continued to, to grow and grow and grow to the point where it's at now where we think we can be an NCAA tournament contender year in, year out. Okay. Awesome. How has your role uh, specifically changed due to COVID? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, before COVID and, and during the season, it, it was mainly all basketball, scouting reports, um, watching tape of the teams that were playing next, watching practice tape. And then, then COVID hits, it's okay, how do we keep our guys safe? Do they have to go home? Uh, how, how do we set them up for success with virtual learning? And to where it's at now, where we're going to be able to start practice on July 20th, we're trying to figure out all the logistics of, again, how do we keep our guys safe? How do we stay socially distanced in the gym? Uh, how many people can be in the office at the same time? How do we get these guys meals at the right times throughout the day? Uh, what, what's our weight room schedule look like? 
So just a, a multitude of logistics that go into figuring out how we're going to operate in this new world, so to speak. Uh, so that, that's been the majority of the job since COVID has started. Okay. I, if any program is going to navigate it, I have no doubt that you guys will. I, I openly <laughs> say, and you can listen to any podcast, I, I've said in all of them, you guys have the best coaching staff as far as in-game, everybody's engaged practices. You know, I, I, I think highly of, of the the Danny Manning Wake Forest staff. I think they're, you know, phenomenal. But, and you guys just run it like a Fortune 500 company, man. I, like, it's so impressive to watch you guys. And, and I was fortunate that you guys, uh, you know, were, were very kind and generous uh, allowing me to. But I, I have no doubt you guys will figure it out. Man, we're, we're, I, I appreciate the kind words. And, yeah, it's, it's an everyday process with things rapidly changing. But I think we're starting to get our arms wrapped around a little bit where we can feel comfortable having both our returning players and our incoming guys uh, back on campus practicing, lifting weights, working out every single day. Awesome. Coach, if you were not a basketball coach, what would you be doing for a living now? Shoot, well, I guess, I guess I'd be an SBI agent of some sort, crime, crime fighting in some capacity, but I honestly can't imagine doing anything but basketball at this point in my life with the experience that I had coaching AAU and, and uh, being at UNCG. That's what I'd like to hear, Coach. What, what are your ultimate you know, coaching aspirations? Yeah, to be honest with you, Dave, it's not something that I think about very often. Uh, I know that sounds like some BS, but I, I really try to stay in the moment and, and live this thing day by day. But I, I would like to be a head coach at some point uh, at the Division One level or end up going up to the NBA where it's 100% basketball all the time. One of, one of those two things I think would be the end goal for me. No, that I mean, that's – that's not coach talk. I mean, like I said, wanting to, you know, focus 100% on basketball, which obviously, you know, head coach, you know, NBA, that kind of stuff, uh, it's definitely all basketball. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in college, regardless of what role you are, from head coach to graduate assistant, the percentage of your day that is thinking about basketball, being on the court with your players – is so far less than the rest of the job, academics, housing, um, just so many things that pop up with the responsibility that you have as a, as a staff member. Coach, this is a segment I call Start Bench Cut. I give you three things, and you start one, you bench one, you cut one. Okay. Nike, Adidas, Under Armour. Ooh, that's a, the, the start one is easy for me. That's, that's Nike. Easy. Um, I probably bench Under Armour. I think they're, I, I feel like they've been making a comeback, a come up for me recently. And then Adidas, I'd probably cut. Okay. I'm with you so far. Okay. Uh, you need, need a game winner. Reggie Miller, Ray Allen, Steph Curry. Ooh, 
that's tougher. That's tougher. Man, I, I love old school hoops. Give me uh, Reggie for starting. I'll bench Steph. Got to stick with the hoop state guy. And then Ray Allen, I probably cut, but only, only for the reason that he went from Boston to Miami and then went and competed gonna, against I, that same roster. That's the I, only reason. I was going to say, I can imagine why that is. <laughs> that That's the only reason. And, like, shoot, he can do whatever he wants. He's a grown man, NBA player. But I, I, I'd like to see him stick that out with the Celtics, even though they're aging for a little bit at the, you know, the, the late 2000s. Yep, I respect that. Uh, cookout, Bojangles, Chick-fil-A. Ooh, I'm going to start. I'm going to start cookout. Bench Bojangles, cut Chick-fil-A. Hmm. Okay. That's like the least healthy order in my opinion too. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> uh, he got game, Coach Carter, blue chips. He got game, I'm going to start. I'll bench blue chips. And then uh, what was the third one you said? Coach Carter. Coach Carter. Uh, it, it was too lovey-dovey. I'm going to cut Coach Carter. Okay, last one. Hoop dirt, verbal commits, NCAA transfer portal. Uh, so I will start verbal commits, bench the transfer, transfer portal, and then hoop dirt. We'll probably, I'd probably cut hoop dirt just because you, you always hear, hey, man, if a job's posted on hoop dirt, it's probably already filled. That, yep. that type of thing. So that's that, that'd be my order for that one. Okay. Coach, what advice do you have for younger coaches either trying to get into the business or work their way up the coaching ladder? Man, for me, it's – I know it makes it difficult this year, but just try to get involved in any type of coaching that you can, whether it be AAU, camps, rec league, whatever you can do at that point to grow. And then so many of us get into it inexperienced like myself and – have to take the video route or they got to be really good at Photoshop. And it's the same thing we tell our players, right? Like you, you have to have a superpower in order to, to stand out from the rest. If you're just average at everything, uh, it's probably not a good thing. It's just like being a player. You, you want to have one superpower. Yeah. I'm a great three point shooter. I'm a great rebounder. I'm a great, I'm great at getting two, two players to play the ball and, and then make the right play. Uh, for me, it's just dominate one aspect of what you're ability, what you're able to do, and then make 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 your network uh, grow, and just talk to everybody that you've uh, you know in order to try to get your foot in the door. Awesome, Coach. Who are three guests I should have on the podcast? It's a great question. Uh, you haven't had Andre Gray yet, right? Not yet. Coach Gray would be a phenomenal podcast guy. He's hilarious and has stories for days, especially around North Carolina basketball, man. I think he's seen more North Carolina high school games than just about anybody. Um, my second one would be Mike Roberts, who was the associate head coach here for my first three years. And he's just another guy that has so many stories uh, was a GA for Bobby Knight, 
So he, he, he's seen it all. And then give me Andre Morgan, assistant coach at Middle Tennessee State, another guy that was on staff with us for two years, and he, he's just hilarious. He'd be awesome. a good listen. Okay, perfect. Coach, if anybody wants to get in touch with you as far as, you know, social media or, uh, you know, just listeners want to pick your brain on anything, what's the best way? Yep, so my, my Twitter handle is T underscore tank zero. Uh, that, that's on Twitter. And my email is tomtank00 at gmail.com. And anybody can feel free to reach out and uh, contact me. Awesome. Coach, I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. I hope you're on the court. I hope we're playing basketball in the very near future. And uh, I wish you guys nothing but success. Oh, man. Fingers crossed. Everybody wear a mask. Appreciate you having me, David. Problem. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and rate five stars.